veterans, service members, and their families. Through the PFC Joseph P. Dwyer Peer Support Program, help is available. Call 845-794-4228 and ask to speak with a veteran advocate or connect on Facebook and Instagram at vet to vet of Sullivan County. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call the Veterans Crisis Line by dialing 988 and press 1. Paid for by Action Toward Independence. Support for Radio Catskill comes from The DeBruce in Livingston Manor, New York, an award-winning restaurant and internationally recognized hotel overlooking the Willowemic Valley. TheDeBruce.com From The Cooperage Project in Honesdale, dedicated to building community through performance, learning, markets, and good times. TheCooperageProject.org And from listeners like you. Welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patricia Robayo. Happy New Year. It's the first Friday show of the year. Thank you for joining me on your Friday evening. On the second half of the show, we'll be checking in with Everything's Better in Barryville podcast. A new podcast that popped up in Barryville. And we find out how long into the new year... Should you say Happy New Year? But first, it's Friday, and every other Friday we check in with Chris Raleigh from the Chuancuk Journal, see what's happening in Ellenville and Ulster County. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Before we get to the news and before we get to all that's happening in Ellenville, I wanted to ask you, uh, how long into the new year should you say Happy New Year? <laughs> Oh, oh, my rule on that actually has, has, has evolved. Uh, once upon a time, it was just uh, New Year's Day, you know, and then maybe a couple of days after. But now um, it depends on who you're meeting and what the subject is. So if you don't meet somebody, you know, I mean, it can, I think it can go all the way to February uh, because you might, you, you, you know, I mean, I might not meet you in person, uh, until the end of January, in which case you're still, oh, ha- oh, happy new year. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that that's part of a kind of the, um, the extension or smearing out of, 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 of our holidays. You know, I mean, you know, like, like as soon as Halloween is over, right? They're already starting in on Christmas. And of course, they're already started on Thanksgiving. You know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, if the the commercial drive for all of that right is is having an effect on how we view our holidays you know all oh, right yeah you know it's funny, it's funny if you've ever worked in, in restaurants you know that valentine's day has become huge valentine's day and then mother's day those are the two biggies for restaurants coming into every new year because they, they rescue them from the dark time of January, February, when there's there's just not much business. You know, not many pe- people don't go out, blah, 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 for various reasons. So when Valentine's Day rolls around, every restaurant is just desperate to sell the whole place out and, you know, really work it hard, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> now let's turn our eye to the news. What is this Open Institute about? Oh, okay. So this is the Open Space Institute, which has been growing since the 60s. Um, they have a tremendous track record uh, of, of raising money uh, to buy land. Most at first, primarily on the uh, Shangam Ridge, they are the ones who basically created uh, what turned into Minnewaska Park. Um, you know, they, they've done an enormous amount of work, um, and they uh, have spread, spread out beyond the park into various areas uh, over in the, the Wallkill uh, River Valley. Uh, also, uh, now most recently, um, they spent 2.3 million. Uh, to purchase well more than 800 acres of uh, of land, uh, two large lots, one land lot, one with some road frontage on Dow Road, if if anybody's familiar with um, the back roads of Wawarsing. Um And that this land will be part of their attempt to set up a kind of connector corridor between the Catskill uh, Mountain Preserve, the, 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 the large park there, the Catskill Park, uh, down to and across to the Shangam Ridge. And the reason to have that connector is to prevent the wildlife on the Shangam Ridge from becoming um, islanded. Uh, you know, you get cut off and then the genetic diversity, uh, it gets limited. You know, there might only be a handful of, of uh, bucks or male bears or whatever. You know, and, and, you know, you're trying to keep the diversity going. So that's, and also, of course, if they can create this corridor um, and find some way to bridge it across Route 209, it would also be something for hikers. So it could be possible for a trail to be created there so that hikers could come down on the O&W Trail uh, from Kingston to uh, uh, Ellenville or Warsing and then maybe turn off and go up into the Vernoy Forest, uh, up to Sundown and uh, the various southern Catskill Mountain Peaks. Um, which would be a terrific, uh, you know, way to, uh, to to hike, you know. So that's that's kind of the the, the thing there. Um, it's a it's a tremendous success. Um, town supervisor in Wawarsing, Terry Hauk, um, noted that this was in the drowned lands, so-called um, area of Wawarsing, uh, and these these lands had already been designated a critical environmental area. Um, by the town so this was just more good news piling onto that uh so they'll be undisturbed uh well relatively i mean they'll be open to uh hikers and hunters and that kind of thing but they won't be developed uh and uh, wildlife will will have them basically and will flourish um so those that was that was probably the biggest uh sort of end of the year news story um the other story that i did that has resonance for people. I think for people everywhere um, was the um, the release by March Gallagher, the state, uh, the the controller for the county of, of Ulster, um, of a challenge thing to the FCC of a broadband mapping, getting the maps of uh, where people have got cable access and where they don't. Uh, if, and so I'm making this point to everybody. If you don't have cable, um, you want to you want to check into this. Uh, this I, I would definitely. If you don't have cable, I would really recommend you try to get hold of the this, this uh, current issue of the uh, uh, Shangam Journal or look it up online uh, and try to uh, 
find a way, to, you know, to get in a challenge to the FCC on the map because a lot of the map is very optimistic. It's like the FCC has been listening to Spectrum and not to people who haven't received any service. So challenge it. If, if it says on the map that you've got cable and you don't, you need to challenge and maybe challenge several times. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those issues where the squeaky wheel uh, will basically be what rules, you know? Um, so, and, 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 and it's increasingly important. I mean, this is, this is the other thing is that I just doing the research on that was the enormous increase in the power of the internet in our lives and how you've got people now who, um, well, you know, they, they might be up here in their weekend places or their, or their permanent homes now, but they're operating remotely a computer in an office down in the city or, or, you know, almost anywhere. Uh, that takes computing power. You have a big laptop or something and you're working through the internet to operate a large computer down there and maybe, maybe you're using some very big software tools things that are, you know, measured in gigabytes. Uh, and so you need to have really stellar access. You, you've got to have, you know, 100 Mbps, uh, that means uh, megabytes per second, uh, you know, to, to make things work. So that's the kind of necessity uh, that people coming here face and, the, and is driving kind of a, the way the real estate market is going to work. So if your house has cable, well, you've got cable. That's good. So if you're selling your house, you'll be able to sell it for a higher price than someone who doesn't have cable. It's funny you say that. We're talking to a reporter next week who did a series for the Sullivan County Democrat. And one of the things we were discussing was some of the folks who are transplanting from the city or coming up here, starting, you know, having buying homes here. One of the first things they ask is, does this home have high-speed internet? And if it doesn't, they're out. They're going somewhere else because they're coming from the city. They are used to having high-speed internet everywhere. Right. But I saw this myself a couple of years ago. There was a couple here. We were out walking the dog and uh, ran into them. It was a rain, rainy, rainy moment. We hid under somebody else's eaves and we had a chat. And they were looking at a property right up here where I live on the mountain. And when I told them, oh, no, it's only a satellite here, they went, oh. And that was that. I never saw them again. <laughs> you know. Uh, and another aspect of this too is, of course, is okay. So you have kids. Uh, you have young men or women, whatever. But, you know, young youngsters, right? Well, they're often video gamers, and the new video games, uh, the really intensive ones, um, are huge data hogs. I mean, they want 300 Mbps so that you can really do it. Plus, you've got to have 100 Mbps upload so that you can get your your game commands in there on time. You know, I mean, it's all flickety split. So uh, that's another thing. So if you're a family and you're coming here to, to Ulster County or Solomon County or even Orange County, you know, in the areas that aren't cabled up, well, you know, you've, you've got you've got issues, you know, and uh, so that that was it. That was important. And, uh, you know, big up to uh, uh, Comptroller Gallagher for putting that out there. Um, so we could, you know, go tell everybody to start challenging if they don't have cable. Yeah. Right before the start of the new year, New York City opened up this first recreational cannabis dispensary. 
And there is a connection between that dispensary and Ulster County. Uh, I believe a farm is producing some of the products. Is that correct, uh, Chris? Well, it's a very cute farm. It's up in High Falls. Once upon a time, it was a dairy farm, but it's been taken over by Will Lieb, uh, who got some assist from his family to buy it. Uh, and basically, it was you know, to grow organic vegetables, and that's that's their primary business. Um, but uh, in 2019, they were uh, drawn or suckered into the great uh, uh, hemp boom, growing uh, CBD hemp, uh, which turned into a, a disaster for for everybody, almost everybody who, who participated, because it was so over, overgrown. Uh, I think I think Mr. Lee gave a quote saying one large farm could have produced all the <laughs> that was needed, uh, and instead of you know vast oversupply. So most of that crop was actually just tilled back into the ground. Um, but um, this past year. Uh, the Cannabis Control Board uh, decided that they had to have some crop, so they set out permits for people to grow an acre of THC uh, cannabis, uh, and uh, and Lieb got into that. Uh, I think he grew six different uh, varieties. I unfortunately don't have the names. I'd love to because cannabis names are sort of a fun thing, but I don't have those. But um, he grew that on, on the back home farm, and uh, sold that all. That that was all bought uh, in the uh, city dispensaries. I think the very first, first day that they opened. Um, and uh, he's grow- he's going to have to grow more, uh, you know. And so that you know that that's that's basically it's ongoing. So we now have some farms with permits that are growing uh, cannabis for this new market. Um, however, uh, we got to keep in mind. There's another story uh, on this, which is the Varicite uh, lawsuit by this company from Michigan uh, is holding up the granting of dispensary licenses um, in the Mid-Hudson Valley. Um, Varicite is is centered in Michigan. Uh, I can't remember the name of the gentleman, but... uh, you know, they 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 applied for a license and were denied because they didn't have a sufficient connection to New York State, uh, and that was felt to be you know a, a no-go thing, and um, so that stuck in court. And until that gets either thrown out or carried through, uh, there won't be uh, licenses for dispensaries in the Mid Hudson Valley, which is kind of a curse. But hey, we you know this this is all. You know, it's all being kind of made up and invented on the fly. You know, it's all—it's still illegal at the federal level. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of complicated, um, but it's going forward, and um, we expect uh, in Wawarsing that uh, Cresco Labs will get going with their first uh, uh, venture, which will be converting the old VAW. Uh, building uh, most recently Cora Components building uh, into grow for their medical channel. Uh, but then there's a much bigger f- facility that they plan to build. And uh, when that gets up and going, I mean, it's going to really going to um, produce a lot of jobs and change the tenor of our, our society here. You know, I mean, it's uh, it would definitely change the landscape. We were talking to Chris Raleigh from the Sean Punk Journal, letting us know what's happening in Ulster County and what we're seeing. Chris, we'll talk to you again in two weeks. 
That was Chris Rowley from the Schwankuk Journal, letting us know what's happening in Ulster County and what we're seeing. We check in with the Schwankuk Journal and Chris every two weeks. He'll be back in two weeks, letting us know what's new. You can also find Chris on the Reporters Roundtable. This month's Roundtable will be airing on January 21st on Radio Chatskill. Coming up, we'll be talking to producer and co-host of Everything's Better in Barryville Podcast. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. From the pre-Civil War Seneca Village to Wakanda, Afrofuturism is an old idea that's reaching new people. Black Panther's production designer, Hannah Beekler, breaks it down for us. For me, Afrofuturism is sort of a reimagining of a history, right? It's like going back and reclaiming how history has seen Africans and African Americans throughout time. That's on the next Notes from America. Sunday evening at 6, live on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to The Local Edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. There's a new podcast in the Catskills. Everything's Better in Barryville. Everything's Better in Barryville podcast says they are a revolution. They are an adventure into changing character of rural America. Where longtime locals look, longtime local look with suspicion at city folks planting their flags in the country to restart their lives. And get back to the garden. It's part Twin Peaks, part Footloose, part Green Acres for the modern world. Podcast is produced by Johnny Pilazzo and Mike Edison. And on the phone with us is Johnny. Johnny, are you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Doing great, Johnny. Yes. Say again? We're both here, Mike and Johnny. Oh, great, great. Welcome both to the show. It's fantastic. So, I mean, your latest episode, I just want to say this blew my mind because I discovered something I did not know. Um, you had Tim Busfield on the, on the, on the podcast and talking about Revenge of the Nerds. And I'm, and I grew up with the movie and I'm driving, listening to the podcast and I'm thinking, who does Tim Busfield play in the movie? And then just hits me. Poindexter, one of my uh, uh, favorite characters in, in, in the, the movie. So it's fantastic. I, 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 for some reason, I don't know why I never knew that Tim Busfield was on that show. In that movie, yeah, you say. It, it, it was kind of amazing, you know, like we, we had fan mail, you know, people asking questions about Revenge of the Nerds. And, you know, Tim has this amazing storied career. He's, you know, director. He's a theater actor. He's been on great TV shows like 30-something in West Wing. And it was kind of ironic and amazing that the fan mail and the, the subject just kind of went into Revenge of the Nerds. But that's just, you know, that's just where people's hearts lie. And that's like the nostalgia that people were looking for. So we had a great time talking to him. He's a close friend of mine. And we had a really fun time with him. Right. I gave a very brief overview of the podcast. And listening to it uh, myself, it feels like I'm listening to like a late night talk show about Barryville. Um, Mike, how would you describe the show? Uh, I think that's what it is. I mean, we're uh, we are, we're the climax of civilization. Listen, <laughs> everything is everything is better in Barryville, and that that's a quote from you know the Sinclair Lewis book Main Street. It's uh, everything that's happening here is happening everywhere else in every small rural town. So yeah, we were hyper local with Barryville this week. We had 
on our friend Marjorie Canisi, who runs a local food pantry, and we've had, you know, super hyper-local guests, but it really is representative of every small town and the challenges that they're, they're facing all over the country, whether it's uh, gentrification or people from the city moving in and the divide between uh, longtime locals and, and newbies. And as someone who hasn't been here that long, I, I definitely feel it when I came here, and uh, that's part of it. You know, I say, you know, I haven't been here that long, but I plan on dying here, so that should count for something, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, it's great that you are exploring that, what is actually happening now. We have the influx of new people coming here to the area and mixing with the people who have been here for ages. And there is that, that economy of the, you know, that the challenges, uh, you're talking about, you know, seeing the Confederate flag, uh, in some parts of the town. And we're only a couple of minutes, a couple of hours away from New York City. And it's surprising to see that. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, it's, it's, it's emblematic of what's going on in the country. You know, I think there was a time, especially up here, that I've heard from a lot of, you know, friends who are four or five generations in, that there used to be an excitement around, like, who was coming up from the city and, and what was summer going to look like with this, like, you know, new crop of folks that, that were temporary citizens. But now there's a little bit more of a suspicious eye because I think that there is a big divide in our country. And it's, of course, I'm, it's going to be, you know, show its ugly face in our small community. But mm. by and large, I have to say, like the people of the town of Highland and, and Berryville exclusively are very accepting and very welcoming and friendly. You know, it's, it's, a uh, it only takes a couple of bad eggs to get <laughs> to poison the well, so to speak. Uh, one thing you also explore is how folks receive news and information. And in this day and age, we have podcasts. You have the podcast for Barryville. Uh, one of the great ideas, actually, we'll go back real quick. One of the great ideas I think Mike said, I, I like this idea, that every hamlet in town in Sullivan County should have their own podcast. Well, uh, I don't need the competition, frankly. <laughs> uh, um, but again, this is, we're not, you know, we're a news show and, and the format is of a news show, but, um, it's, this isn't where you're going to find, you know, whether there's a traffic jam on Route 97 or what the weather is or what's really happening at the town council. I would hope that our newspapers, our local newspapers would be more empowered by more people reading them. And the right. fact that people are falling off the newspaper readership and drifting towards the internet, I guess, you know, the other side of that is, of course, it empowers our local bulletin boards and, and pages. Um, but I also, I, I'm a big believer in the town square and the old concept of democracy. I think we should be meeting at the farmer's market every week and discussing these things as, as well. Uh, and again, so our show, while it, it is a new show, it, it's also entertainment-based. Uh, you know, we promote local musicians and local artists, and, and we're having a guest doing it. Right. But at the same time, we're also promoting, like, local heroes. Like, we had, you know, our, our highway foreman on Daryl Barnes, who, to me, is like a big hero of town. And he's somebody that should be celebrated. You know, we also had on a couple of weeks ago Councilman Fred Bosch, who, you know, has served the community for over 20 years in his role as a councilman. You know, we've had on the original one of the original families, uh, pioneers of the area, Martha Eldred Wurzel. You know, but it, also in juxtaposition, we had on you know a you know a 15 year resident, Amber Tamblin, who's a, a you know clearly like a, a, a megawatt star, uh, an author, and an and actress. You know, so I think that somewhere in there is the best of the community. It's like you know new old you know, established in between people. I think that all of those faces, you know, are, we're all the stars in the sky. Right. And how did this podcast come together? How did the, the dynamic duo of uh, Johnny and Mike come together? Well, you know, Johnny, uh, when we first came up here and we saw the stick it in on the way into Barryville, we kind of said, hey, <laughs> this place has got possibilities. And, and Johnny really made me and my wife feel very, very welcome. And we sort of fell in love with the house and planted our flag here, feeling confident that we would, we would find our, our people here. 
And by and by, I, I was a radio host on Heritage Radio Network, who's our host for the podcast for many, many years. And they had been asking me to do something, and I wanted to do something very local. I believe in uh, local. You know, just, I mean, living, everything's better in Barryville. It's very much the Think Global, Act Local concept of radio. It's a little bit like Burnwood tonight, right. if anybody remembers mm-hmm. what that is. And Johnny was, frankly, my dream host. And I asked him, could he recommend someone possibly to do this with? And he said, I'm all in. I mean, I was all a flutter. <laughs> I couldn't ask for a better straight, man. Oh. <laughs> So you you have this podcast you, you know you just began it last year um is there sort of a video component to it cuz it just that feels like it, it it calls for it I mean we definitely want to move into other platforms and other spaces but I think there's a lot of mystique around the radio and I think it's like yeah. an art form that's been a little bit lost i'm sure you guys know that you know there's so much excitement around sometimes letting your imagination go um it was very funny you know regionally you know my friends in california and some family members from illinois and other people around the the planet have been saying who was fred bosch i want to see a photograph of him. <laughs> you know and it's it's, it's so amazing because he you know he's such a character and has such this wonderful um, you know, voice and, and, and then like the big reveals when you actually see something in person. So I, I kind of like the, the separation of, of having the radio component to it and then, and then, you know, having the reveal. So, you know, there is space for video and other platforms, but right now we're really content just sort of mastering the radio component. Right. And it, like I said, you are sometimes hyper local, which I, I love because, uh, these are the, you know, our friends and neighbors in our neighborhood and to hear them over the air and, and find out about their lives. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah, we're having a great time doing it. Right. Now, you uh, folks will find your podcast on your on our page actually starting today at wjffradio.org. Search for the podcast page or visit wjffradio.org/podcast or you can visit barryvilleradio.com. Um what's next for you guys? What's uh, what some of the guests are are coming up uh, in future episodes? Well, I think we're going to stick hyper-local for a little while. You know, like what Johnny said, when you hear Fred Bosch's voice, here's a guy, <laughs> you know, that's been here for, you know, the better part of a century, really, and it resonates with everyone. Everyone I know who across the country is listening to the show, they hear that voice. They, they really tune right into Barryville, and they see their own towns and their own family and people in it. When they hear Daryl Barnes taking care of the highways, they know that they have local hometown heroes. I think, like I said, right now we're going to keep it local on our guests, and then, you know, there's an ever-expanding angle wider because – uh, it really is, you know, it's like a little risque version of, you know, we'll be gone days and things like this. Um, and we are facing challenges. And next, maybe a nightclub act. What do you think, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can do about the performance space. But I also just want to add, you know, the town of Highland and exclusively the hamlet of Berryville is like right along the river corridor. And I feel like there's a certain likeness, at least in Sullivan County and the surrounding areas with the river towns. You know, like we're, we very much face a lot of the same challenges. You know, they're some of the most desirable parts of the county. People want to come and vacation and, you know, take advantage of all the recreational activities as part of the river. But, you know, we also face a lot of the same um, hurdles. And so so we're really excited to cover some more of like maybe the goings on in Lumberland and Cashecton and Calicoon and up and down the byway. So we're really excited to just sort of celebrate our entire area. Oh, that's great. Now, I have one well, of my last questions for you is how was the experience of having a photo shoot with horses in front of the Barryville town sign? Uh, I wish my sister-in-law could answer this one. Uh, I was white as a ghost, which you can tell in our promo photos. I was nervous as hell. I'm not going to hide it, but um, I feel like my horse did me right. I I rode this wonderful mama horse, Tundra, and she was very uh, wonderful to me. When Mike and I switched horses, his 
his horse tried to hit me in the head with his head. So uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm definitely not a Western hero, but I'm, but I'm, I'm still learning. You know, I think it goes, what we were trying to do was an old school publicity stunt. We rode into town on horses. It's kind of like old school Hollywood. And that ties back. If you listen to the podcast, it sounds like radio. It doesn't sound like a produced podcast because we do it in real time. There's right. respect for these old, old formats and riding into town on horses seem like part of the same, same playbook. Uh, you know, like I said, an old school publicity stunt, we called the newspaper ahead of time. We said, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And yeah, it, to me, it's not, it's not even a pod. It's a podcast, of course, but I still feel radio when we do it. We do it in real time. On, and, and that's it. It's live. You right. know, it's, it's a shoot. You know, we go for it. And, right. and we're excited to be part of your radio station now. We're really excited that you guys are hosting our podcast and your your listeners can, can listen in. And you guys are always the gold standard for, for community radio. So thank you, guys. No, we'd love to have you back on. Let us know, you know, upcoming episodes, talk about it, uh, have a conversation on the air. It's, it's always great. Uh, great that you guys have this hyper-local podcast about Barryville. Uh, you can find the podcast on our page, wjffradio.org. Search for the podcast page or visit wjffradio.org slash podcast or visit Barryville Radio. We're talking to Johnny and Mike for the Everything's Better in Barryville podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the, on the air. Thanks for having us. All right. We're here. Get used to it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that does it for the local edition. We'll be back on Monday talking to Whitney Brown. About the drug tax force It's an update And we're also checking in with Joseph Abraham From the Sullivan County Democrat If you ever miss a show We have a podcast You can listen to Google Apple Stitcher Search for WJFF The Local Edition Subscribe, share And tell your friends Find us on social media We're at WJFF Radio Radio Catskill We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram Even TikTok Visit our website, wjffradio.org slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests, and even listen to the show. You've been listening to the local edition. I've been your host, Patricia Robile. Have a good night, Lucy. This is Radio Casco, your NPR station, WJFF, Jeffersonville, W33H, Monticello.